Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey, if you're wondering, uh, the College World Series is set start times, 1 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Thank you, NCAA. Might be a little selfish tone in there, but 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock start times for the College World Series are back. Sounds great. Good. Uh, to watch Arkansas win the national championship, beating Wake Forest. Wake Forest, yeah. Okay. Be your top two right there. Well, or any other team in the SEC. Uh, also, I am on the bandwagon to get East Carolina to the College World Series this year. Go Pirates. Uh, here is uh, Jeff as we welcome back into 1620 The Zone. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Gary. And Nick. Nick, how's it going? Hi. <laughs> I'm doing blind. <laughs> That's sorry. all right. It's sorry. All right. Hey, hey. All right. Well, I had a good one, and I'm going to be humble and say I screwed up because while I was on hold, I remembered that maybe you can still help me out who I'm trying to think of. I graduated uh, Auburn High School back in 1985. And Platteview had a stud linebacker and a fullback. Uh, he was like a grown man. But I was thinking it was somebody that you know, but I'm incorrect, I'll be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was Jeff Jamrog, but he's from Mount Michael. Oh, yeah. And we played against him also, but um, uh, I think he was he's a little bit younger than I am. I'm 56. I'll, I'll age myself here. But, uh, but, you know, obviously Jamrog from Mount Michael, he went on to – play at Nebraska, and he's in the mm-hmm. athletic department, like an assistant or something now. So. Uh, no, he's the head football yeah, coach at Midland. Midland, yeah. Midland now. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I lost track yeah. of it. Okay, so, all right. Well, anyway, I can't I can't think who this other guy is, so I apologize. I'll get off the air, but uh, oh. I thought I had a good one of a famous person, and I'm like, I'm just going to double-check myself. I'm 95% sure. Well, my 5% was incorrect, apparently. So. Oh, no problem, Jeff. If, anyway. you, if, you, if, you, if you think about it, uh, give Jimmy a call. Yeah, I just remember we we game planned around this one guy pretty much because he was everywhere and everything for them. So he like fifteen twenty carries from a fullback. You know, it's just one of those things. I'm like, what? Yeah. So, yep. All right, I'll hey let Jeff, you guys thank go. you uh, for the you. phone call. Yeah. They were running the Miller North offense there. John Riggins, Judd Davies. Ooh. So this is going to bug me the entire day. There is another guy that went to Nebraska from Platteview High School. Do you remember what year? Uh, Or year-ish? Can you give me a a time? Brant Wade was... God, Brant Wade was... God, Brant Wade got three rings. So he was on... And and Brant, I think, was a walk-on. So big offensive lineman. He was a great wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember, yes. He he dominated the heavyweight class in Class B. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he got three rings. So he's there... His first year might have been 94. So he he ran the whole uh, gamut. Um, Didn't play a ton... Uh, but he's the one guy. He like anybody, a- anybody that uh, quizzes you on uh, Platteview, um, like athletes. Mm-hmm. You you're safe going the Brodskys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or you just go Brant Wade, and you'll be fine. Why am I drawing a blank uh, basketball player just recently? I just told you. Who? I just told you. Brodsky. What did you say? Yeah. No, no, no. There's someone else. It's it's not the one I'm thinking of. 
Well, Peyton Brodsky played at Creighton. No, this isn't the one I'm Connor thinking Connor Milliken. Uh, no. Okay. There's someone else. Who the heck is it? He was on Nebraska's radar for a little bit for when Tim Miles was there and then didn't end up going there. Uh, at least. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he I'm, transferred to South Dakota. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Oh, what the heck I'm is drawing it? a complete blank. I, I know. That, yeah. Hold on. Streamers? <laughs> no, no, usually no, come? no, 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 no. He completely disappeared. Yes. At, uh, he was a big man. Brady Hyman. Hyman, thank you. Yes, yeah. that's who I'm thinking of. Yes. Sometimes I get Platview and Plattsmith mixed up, but I knew that was Platview. They're uh, they're not next to each other. I know they're not. Okay, I've I've Just spent some time in Nebraska it's geography. Be- beautiful there. Springfield, Nebraska, man. Yes, I've been there many times. Dated a girl there in high school. Um, congratulations, <laughs> married a girl from Platview. Hey, look at that! Yeah. Thank you to uh, Calvin and Sean about Brady Hyman. Yes, <laughs> Brady Hyman probably should have gone to uh, Omaha instead of Nebraska to begin, but I get the allure of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out. And then, you know, I thought he'd transfer into the Summit League, went to South Dakota, and he fell off the map. Like, he was playing one year, and then the next year, yeah. like, you'd ask, and people were like, I don't know. <laughs> and he didn't play much. Uh, I think he only played, like, maybe 14 games. I remember when he transferred, I thought, ooh, that's Well, he sat out his something. first year. He had an, I, I, if I do recall, he also had an injury. That was not uh, good. Mm. But, I mean, he did play. So, he played, what is he, his freshman year in Nebraska, he played about, I think he played 30 games. Yeah, I mean, he was at, he was involved, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, just didn't, never heard anything. The basketball didn't work out. I, I think it might have been different if it would have started at uh, Omaha. But, you know, I mean, same thing with a Cole, a rope. Yep. Nebraska comes calling, and you're like, man, I, that, what? I mean, or a power five. You're right. Like, they want me. Even though you know it's all about fit or whatever. All right, uh, Steve Sibble's coming up bottom of the hour. Quick uh, note here: so Matt Hayes, who used to be at the Sporting News and now writes for uh, Saturday Tradition, uh, put out with Harbaugh out of the Big Ten. He ranked his Big Ten head coaches ahead of 2024, and he tiered them. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule is in an interesting tier. He is championship elite Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley. Boy, is there there's pressure on. Ryan Day, there is enormous pressure on Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I ain't paying a guy that much money to lose five games a year. Right. Uh, and then Dan Lanning. I'll love me some Dan Lanning. Boy, if Kirby Smart leaves, Dan Done. Lanning's the next Georgia head yep. coach. Yeah. Like, how he much? Hey, Dan Lanning doesn't have to worry about DeBoer at Washington now. Nope. Great picture yesterday at the uh, Senior Bowl. Jed Fish wearing his Washington polo walks right by Kellen DeBoer wearing his Alabama gear. <laughs> He's like, thanks uh, for the job. The next tier is one step away, James Franklin. Now, people may not realize this, but James Franklin makes a lot of money at Penn State to be 3-17 and 17 against top 10 teams, 4-16 and 16 against Michigan and Ohio State. He may benefit from Harbaugh not being there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, number five. Tim Lester, $1.1 million. Well, how is that going to make Kirk uh, triggered? He's getting paid more than Brian. Yeah. Brian was making eight hundred fifty k yeah. as the O.C., Lester's salary was announced yesterday at 1.1 mil. Number six on this list, Matt Rule. Luke Fickle is seventh. Boy, do you think when they have Big Ten coaches meetings, Rule and Fickle are going to talk about their quarterback play in 2023, and they're going to go, oh, man, I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) We have the same colors, too. um, Mordecai Mordecai came back. And he beat Nebraska. But... Less than 60% of the passes were completed in Madison. 
14 touchdown passes, five interceptions from the quarterbacks. Here's one, and this was a really good hire. Jonathan Smith is a good coach. Yep. He's at Michigan State. So they're in that level. Now this is where it gets interesting. Maintaining P.J. Fleck, Jed Fish, Chip Kelly, Brett Bielema. Um, Illinois is 6-11 and in their last 17 games. That mm-hmm. might surprise you. Uh, Mike Loxley, who is 1-12 against Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Uh, Greg Schiano. And then jury's still out on Braun and Moore and also Signetti uh, uh, at Indiana and Ryan Walters at uh, Purdue. Matt Rule being sixth is kind of interesting on this list. The Dylan Riola impact will also have impact on how people look at Rule, I believe. I agree. In the entire offseason. Doesn't mean Nebraska is going to be ranked and they shouldn't be ranked, but how you perceive Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. He will be enhanced by Dylan Riola. If you already are, well, Rule is a builder, so they're going to let him build. And so year two is always better. And then that magical year three. But boy, he's got the quarterback. That means rules on a fast track. That's why. That's what I. I'm reading between the lines of Matt's rankings here of why he has rule ahead of Fickle and why he has him the sixth best coach of the 18 in the league. And I was looking at something earlier this week too with uh, CBS and Tom Fornelli. Did something very similar to the the team tiers, not necessarily the coaching tiers, but it was interesting that Nebraska is in a similar tier according to Tom Fornelli, where they called it a year away from being a year away. And he's in there with Jonathan Smith and Luke Fickle. And so I, I think this is – it's different because if you remember when Scott Frost, even going into year two, was getting a lot of the, the benefit of the doubt, whether it was because of their schedule, whether it was because of the year two jump he had at Central Florida, there were different factors there. I think people, like smart college football people, and I think you're absolutely right about Dylan Rayola. I think that is like, wow, if you can get someone like that, even with his father being a proud and very, very well-accomplished mm-hmm. alum here, to flip from Georgia to come there, there's something about this culture here. There's something that maybe feels a little bit different than what has been going on in Lincoln in previous years. And then, oh yeah, we saw how that defense played, and you kept Tony White. You got a lot of those guys that had a chance to maybe – throw their hat in the ring for the NFL, decided to come back. That, I think, to a lot of people screams culture. Culture is strong. Because I think that was also a lot of thing, a lot of the big story when you had Mike Riley fired and then when you had Scott Frost fired is it, people thought it was the, the culture there and just the, the overall program itself when it came to that was kind of trash. I, I think people are still very hesitant to get back on the, okay, I'm going to try to go ahead and trust Nebraska. Yeah. It takes someone, and I think Matt Rule fits the bill perfectly, it takes someone for them to say, this guy feels different than what, they, what they've done in the past. So I always look at these lists and coaches' lists, and you know they're subjective, subjunctive, whatever you, word you want to use. <laughs> I like how you said that. Um, who on that list can Matt Rule out coach? I'm saying out loud, which needs to be said. If you like your head football coach, you're pretty confident that in this conference, it's not just the Jimmys and the Joes, it's the X's and the O's, and there are games during the course of the season that your head coach must outcoach the other head coach. Isn't that what it comes down to? Yeah, it does. And, and okay, so how many how many guys realistically, you don't have to give me names, but yeah. but if oh, like let's go back to last year. A game where you were confident that Nebraska's head coach outcoached the opposing head coach. 
Uh, going into it was definitely confident in Northwestern, which Braun turned out to be a, a pretty good deal there for Northwestern. But yeah, I felt very confident in that one. Um, no, no, like like the game ended and you were like, yeah, that's yeah, they won that game because our coach out coached their yeah coach. Northwestern. I would throw that in there. Well, Purdue. Uh, yep, I would also throw Purdue in there too. Mm, I mean, are we counting the non-conference games? No, I think the biggest game of the year. Yeah, Northwestern and Purdue. Purdue made a lot of mistakes on defense. They did. And Nebraska took advantage of their mistakes. That's I don't true. know that it was a game plan that, you know, screwed Purdue into the ground. I would actually throw Illinois in there. See, that's the game I'm talking yeah, about. The Illinois the, game. The, the one game where Burt. I could point to, no doubt, start to finish, and it got a little hairy there, mm-hmm. but the start end, yeah. to finish, that Matt Rule outcoached the opposing head coach was Brett Bielema. And yeah. they needed to win that night, and they did. And remember, the, the Brett well, Bielema... Just the, just, the, just the game plan. Yeah. Just the way they managed the entire game. But... There will there has to be points this year. Matt Rule has to outcoach Deion Sanders. Yep. He has to outcoach Mark Farley. He has to outcoach the new guy at UTEP. That's that's the transition in year mm-hmm. two is okay. Our head coach, we like our head coach, and he might have his quarterback, and he's got a great defense, but there's going to be about three or four games out of a year where it's just flat out. Mm-hmm. Our coach is better than your coach. Yeah, the advantage is on the That's why we won the game. Yep. And that's how I look at these lists, and you go, well, can Matt Rule outcoach James Franklin? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, can Matt Rule out, outcoach Luke Fickle? Can he outcoach Kirk Ferentz? And see, those are the guys I think about right now, your, your immediate peers, even though there's no divisions. Like, I think of the Kirk Ferentz of the world. I think of uh, the Luke Fickles of the world. Uh, P.J. Fleck. I think of all of those guys of Matt Rule putting himself in a position to outcoach those types of guys before you even start looking at, well, I guess we're not, we're not talking about Jim Harbaugh, but if, I mean, if we want to throw Lincoln Riley in that elite tier, but the Ryan Days, and then you know to another tier like the James Franklins of the world. Like you're taking care of like where undoubtedly you know Nebraska has the advantage when they do play those teams. Yeah. You, know, you know what's going to separate coaches in this league? Is what you do during the 60 minutes and how you are as a game and management coach because rule has issues with that yes luke fickle not uh, not not necessarily luke fickle um pj fleck mm-hmm. james franklin has issues with that dan lanning actually has some issues with that in games that are tension conventions so that's kind of another another part of the separating and and that's the next like a lot of the good coaches in this league are good recruiters and they build a good culture now can they out coach the other guy that's got the same thing, that he's yeah. a good recruiter and a good culture, and you just have to be matched up on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you can be in the upper seven. I'm going to start using that phrase. In the Big Ten, can you be a team that is in the upper seven? If you're in the upper three in the Big Ten, more than likely you got a spot in the playoff. You might get lucky a year or two here and there of if you're the fourth best team in the league, you're also going to be in the playoff. But the goal to me now will be, can you play inside of the upper seven of the Big Ten Conference? Mm-hmm. There's some pretty good teams that would be in that seven on a yearly basis without a hiccup or two. And this is where I would say, and I asked the question either yesterday or on Tuesday about having the the overall connection. It's talking more about the offensive side when it comes to in-game management, but also being able to have that connectivity with everything that's going on the sideline. So it's not even just Mad Rule, but it's everybody who's involved in the decision-making. It's everybody that you're communicating with on headset. It's people that are either getting in your ear or you're getting into their ear, and everybody is 
either challenge you at the appropriate time, like, whoa, whoa, coach, I don't know about this. Let's, let's, let's talk about this for a moment. And I know those things happen in a quick second. But this is where I think having familiar voices and having that continuity on the coaching staff that starts to get a, a true feel for one another in a game, on the sideline, in every situation, it matters. So it's, to me, it's not even just the head coach. It comes down to the head coach because he's the one who ultimately makes those calls. He's the one that's going to call that timeout when it needs to be or what they look like coming out of a timeout. All those things are happening on the head coach's tab, sure, but it also has to do, in my opinion, with who is on that sideline. All right, uh, Sip's coming up uh, next. Uh, thank you to – let me scroll back here. Oh, no, it's on an email. Um, I want to give him uh, – John. John and a couple others. The other guy from uh, Platteview that went on to Nebraska was a walk-on. Uh, class of 2001, uh, Carl Schulte, who I think is at Pierce now. I think he lives in Pierce. Uh, I believe his son's a pretty good basketball Oop, player. And Pierce Chad just uh, he just hit me up on Twitter, so he'll know. So right. we'll get that confirmed. All right. So there you go. There is your uh, there's your Platteview news for the day. But it's pretty cool that Platteview has a kid that yeah. is uh, is blowing up. Um, that had Miami and Arkansas on the same day said, "Hey, how about an offer? Platteview, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Now you could call it a you know bedroom community of Omaha." The University of Miami offered a tight end there a scholarship yesterday. Yeah. It's good. Hey, I'm, I'm happy for, for kids and coaches throughout this state because the state's getting noticed um, and kids are getting offers that are committable offers in some cases to bigger schools, and that's, uh, that's the most important thing. And, and Nebraska benefits as uh, well. All right, Sip, uh, who uh, dined here in Omaha last night, will tell you where he dined. Uh, yeah, he, he was here. He lives in Lincoln. Like, take Sarah's place. Like he, drove for a day. Three, like he drove three hours to get here. No, but <laughs> made it sound like he, wow. but wait, wait till he tells you where he ate. Okay. And you'll be like, Really? Olive Garden? Uh Sip's coming next. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 of the zone.